Yoga is a complex tradition with a history of 5000 or more years. But there are a few underlying principles that once grasped provide easier access to all the numerous aspects of yoga. Yoga is what is traditionally called a liberation teaching, Moksha Shastra. It seeks to liberate us from our limited notion of who we are. We habitually identify with our particular body, mind, possessions and relationships, which are often treated like possessions. But this mental emotional habit, according to yoga, is really a profound and faithful misidentification. It keeps us stuck in our behavioral grooves, causing us to experience suffering, dukkha, over and over again. Who we are in truth is something or someone beyond our particular body, mind, possessions and relationships. From a yogic perspective, we are immortal, supraconscious being. As that singular being, we are unlimited and free. All of yoga teachings aim at helping us to realize this fundamental truth. Because human beings have different strengths and weaknesses, the masters of yoga have designed various approaches so that yoga can be helpful to everyone. Thus there are different branches which correspond to specific emotional and mental capacities or preferences. Generally, within Hindu yoga, seven such branches are distinguished. Raja yoga is the royal yoga. The eightfold path of Patanjali's Ashtanga yoga, also called classical yoga, aiming at liberation through meditation, which is for practitioners who are capable of intense concentration accompanied by renunciation of the world. Hatha Yoga is the forceful yoga aiming at liberation through physical transformation. Jnana Yoga is the yoga of wisdom aiming at liberation through the steady application of higher wisdom that clearly discerns between the real and the unreal and like Patanjali Raja Yoga emphasizes renunciation. Karma Yoga is the yoga of action aiming at the liberation through self-transcending service, often considered especially suitable for those who lack the necessary qualities for concentration and meditation, but really a necessary orientation for all yoga practitioners. Bhakti Yoga is the yoga of devotion, aiming at liberation through self-surrender in the face of the Divine, which holds appeal for those who feel deeply and look upon the transcendental reality in personal rather than impersonal terms. Mantra Yoga is the yoga of potent sound, aiming at liberation through the recitation, aloud or mental, of empowered sounds such as Om, Ham, Ram, Hare Krishna and so on which is often considered an aspect of Tantra Yoga. Tantra Yoga is the continuity yoga aiming at liberation through ritual, visualization, subtle energy work and the perception of the identity or continuity of the ordinary world 
and the transcendental reality. These seven branches are alternative portals into the mysterious of yoga and thus our own consciousness. All branches and forms of yoga have as their foundation a sound moral life. Such a life is guided by the principle of dharma, which means morality, law, order and virtue. It stands for moral virtues like non-harming, truthfulness, abstention from theft, chastity, compassion and kindness. Without a firm grounding in these moral principles, yoga cannot lead us to its ultimate goal of liberation, for so long as we pursue a lifestyle that falls short of these moral virtues, our energies are scattered and we continue to harvest the negative repercussions of our actions. A morally sound life, however, allows us to stop the creation of negative effects and to focus our energies like a laser beam, so that we can fully discover or realize our true nature. Yoga is a continuum of theory and practice. That is to say, yoga is not mere archaic philosophy, or it is merely a battery of practices. In order to engage yoga properly and successfully, one must pay due attention to the ideas behind its practical disciplines and vice versa to the exercises and techniques embodying its theories. This calls for thoughtful and mindful practice. For instance, regular and correct practice of the yogic postures will undoubtedly help us maintain good physical health. Yet to tap into their deeper potential, we must understand them as being merely one small aspect of yoga's integrated approach towards spiritual liberation. Similarly, meditation definitely balances the nervous system and calms the mind. However, only when we understand the nature of the mind, thanks to the yogic theories, can we hope to overcome the inherent limitations of our mental makeup and discover transcendental consciousness. For this reason, study, Swadhyaya, has been held in high esteem for most schools of yoga. It complements steady applications to the practical disciplines. However simple a particular yogic approach may be, all approaches require a profound commitment to self-transformation. If we fear change and tend to cling to our established ways, we cannot succeed in yoga. The practice of yoga calls for considerable personal effort, which involves self-discipline, as we endeavor to replace undesirable habit patterns with positive ones, we inevitably experience a measure of frustration. However, this frustration is creative rather than self-destructive. The Sanskrit word for this process is tapas, meaning glow or heat. The term also stands for asceticism, which is based on self-restraint. Yoga comprises numerous practices, both physical and mental. These can be reduced to two major categories, abhyasa and vairagya. Abhyasa is the repeated performance of exercises or techniques that are intended to produce a positive state of mind in us. Vairagya 
is the complementary practice of letting go of old behavior, patterns or attachment. Abhyasa gradually reveals to us the deeper hidden aspects of the mind, while Varegya move us step by step beyond appearances and toward reality. The closer we are to self-realization or enlightenment, the more ordinary we become. Only seekers striving for liberation as if it were a trophy glamorize the yogic process and themselves. They want to be extraordinary, whereas liberated beings are perfectly ordinary. They are as happy washing dishes as they are sitting quietly in meditation or teaching their disciples. For this reason, yoga has formed the beginning celebrated not only the path of the world, renouncing ascetics, samyasins, but also that of the world engaging householder, who uses the opportunity of daily life to practice the virtues of a yogic lifestyle. In all yoga practice there is an element of pleasant surprise or favorableness. In the theistic school of yoga this is explained as the grace, prasada, of the divine being. In the non-theistic schools as Jaina yoga or certain schools of Buddhist yoga, help is said to flow from liberated beings called arthats, buddhas, bodhisattvas, Tirthnakaras or Mahasiddhas. Also gurus are channels of benevolent energies or blessings intended to ripen their disciples. The process by which a guru blesses a disciple is called transmission. In some schools it is known as Shakti Pata, meaning descent of the power. The power in question is the energy of consciousness itself. All yoga is initiatory, that is, initiation, diksha, by a qualified teacher, guru, is essential to ultimate success in yoga. It is possible to benefit from a good many yogic practices, even without initiation. Thus, most exercises of Hatha Yoga, from postures to breath control to meditation, can be successfully practiced on one's own, providing the correct format has been learned. But for the higher stages of Yoga, empowerment through initiation is definitely necessary. The habit patterns of the mind are too ingrained for us to make deep-level changes without the benign intervention of a yogic master. All yogic practices can usefully be viewed as preparation for this moment. Yoga is a gradual process of replacing our unconscious patterns of thought and behavior with new, more benign patterns that are expressive of the higher powers and virtues of enlightenment. It takes time to accomplish this far-reaching work of self-transformation and therefore practitioners of yoga must first and foremost practice patience. Enlightenment or liberation is not realized in a matter of days, weeks or months. We must be willing to commit to an entire lifetime of yogic practice. There must be a basic impulse to grow, 
regardless of whether or not we will achieve liberation in this lifetime. It is one of yoga's fundamental tenets that no effort is ever wasted. Even the slightest attempt at transforming ourselves makes a difference. It is our patient cumulative effort that flows into enlightenment sooner or later.